Well, good morning. It's good to be here. I don't know if I made everybody mad last week or, or what. <laughs> I think we got quite a few traveling, though, too, so be much in prayer for, for them. Hopefully everyone had a, a good Easter, was able to spend some time with some family. I probably ate way more food than I should have. Bob, can you hear me back there? Perfect. All right. Welcome our visitors. Make yourselves feel right at home with us. Good to have you. A um, couple quick announcements before we go on with the service. Uh, let's see. So May 2nd at 5 p.m. next door. We're going to have a Lord's Supper service over there and have communion. Uh, then the Sunday after that, I believe that's Mother's Day, isn't it? The 9th? I think that's Mother's Day. Um, and then just as a reminder, Sunday, May 30th, we'll be totally online that Sunday. Um, Memorial Day weekend, a lot of people out traveling. And then hopefully, hopefully in May, we'll start Sunday Night Fellowship. So more to come on that. Any other announcements? Can't think of anything else. There's probably some, but they're probably just not here. <laughs> All right. Anybody with a special song this morning or testimony before we get into the message? that. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Matthew chapter 28. And we'll read, we'll read a few verses over there shortly. If you remember prior to last week, we've been in the first epistle of John for, I don't know, a couple months. Um, and John was, was one of the, the, the initial 12 disciples of Jesus. And, and John, the, the, the good thing about John is he was an eyewitness of Jesus' entire life on earth, including his death and resurrection. So the, you know, that, that stuff from, from John, um, he, he was with Jesus. He was an eyewitness. He saw it all. And, and one of the things that John was doing years later, was encouraging fellow Christians. There was, at the time, there was a lot of false teachings, a lot of antichrists, as they called it a few chapters back. And, and what they were saying was, Jesus wasn't the actual Christ. That he didn't come in the flesh and die for our sins. And like we said before, if that was the case, we were absolutely wasting our time here. So he was, he was encouraging them and, and as we've said so many times, and how you, you can know in his word that you're abiding in Jesus, that you can have that relationship with him. And how you can know that is there were a couple obeying his word, you know, being obedient to his call, you know, keeping his commandments, which were loving God with everything and loving your neighbor as yourself. And then also loving your brothers. If, if you can't love your brothers and sisters in here, you surely can't go out there and love anyone. <clears throat> John taught also to not be deceived and to sin not. 
And if, you, and if you did sin, that there's an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, that could forgive those sins. And how Jesus was the propitiation, which we celebrated last week, and we celebrate every single Sunday and every day of your life if you're a child of God. And how, Je- how Jesus came in the flesh, took all of our sins upon him, and, and satisfied that wrath of God from at, going back to Adam and Eve that we all inherited that debt payment. And as, as we said last week, if, when, right before Jesus died, he yelled, it is finished. And that paid it all in full, right there. He paid it all in full. And, and thinking about all of that, it, it's, it's the last few weeks, I've, God's been kind of taking me a specific direction. And the Sunday school class this morning heard a little bit about it. The word is discipleship. It's really been on my heart and mind for the last little bit. And, and just pray for me. I, I appreciate you saying you're going to pray for me. I really need it. Um, and I think we all need those prayers. But I just want to be obedient and follow God this morning. <clears throat> so just, just for a few minutes this morning, I want, to look, I want to break down and define what discipleship actually is. And, and what your life should look like as a disciple of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and how, you know, abiding in him, how, how we talked about in John. So if, if you look at the, the definition of the word disciple, and I think I pulled up Webster's or, or something like that, I don't remember which, which one it actually was. The definition is one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another or follows teaching of another. The Greek word for, the, for disciple, and I'll probably butcher this, is mathetus, something like that, mathetus. It comes from the word math that we know, um, a mental effort. And, and that, that, the definition of that actually goes back, it's like a pupil or a learner who accepts the instruction given to him and makes it his rule of conduct. Or his rule of life, his lifestyle. And I, just a couple of other, other definitions that I found as I was researching this. Intentionally and purposely following the life and conduct of someone older and wiser in the faith, learning by example. Or a believer who lovingly follows Jesus, and this is the key word, intentionally helping others follow him. Not just believing. It's not enough to just to believe. You're supposed to take that and, and, and go to others and teach that to them. That's what that definition is. Pointing others to a loving, heavenly Father who we can go to now because of what Jesus did on the cross. If you really think about being a disciple, the first step of being a disciple is believing in Jesus. That is the first step. It's believing in him, abiding in him, having that relationship with him. That is the very first step. If you don't have that step, you can't disciple to anyone else. Being saved, being born again, being converted, as we've heard several different ways you can say it. Being saved. Salvation, as we call it. Being a Christ follower. And you have to acknowledge that you're not good enough on your own to make it to heaven. And as we've seen in the Bible so many times, the line 
to get to heaven is perfection. And not one of us are perfect. Not one of us are good enough. The Bible says none are good. No, not one. None of us are good enough to get to heaven on our own. Which is why Jesus had to come and die and be that propitiation for us. That we could have a hope of eternal life. Without that, we had no hope, brothers and sisters. We had no hope. So the first step is salvation. And as we said last week, it took the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. He paid it all on the cross. He paid it in full. And to be saved, all you have to do is believe that. Believe that you're not good enough and that He took your place. And that He came and died to take away the sin of the whole world. And I didn't know it when I was nine years old. But that was the biggest, most important decision that I ever made in my entire life, was salvation. I, had, I really didn't know what was going on, but that is the most important decision I've ever made. And I'm so thankful that Jesus called me to that. And after being saved and having that relationship... Sanctification, you're supposed to grow in grace and knowledge, and then you turn around and disciple others. But at the same time, there's older, more wiser people discipling you. Does that make sense? It's kind of a cycle. All about relationships, which we'll talk about here in a minute. So let's read a few verses here. I'm sure this is pretty familiar scripture to most people. Uh, Matthew 28, starting at verse 16. This is the the Great Commission, if you've never heard that before. Now the eleven disciples... I'm reading out of the ESV too, by the way. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And thinking about, so this was after Jesus was crucified and resurrected. But thinking about some of the things that Jesus told those disciples when he first called them to follow him. There was a couple of different things that he told them. First, Come and see. Come and see. I think it's where are you going to lay your head? And Jesus said, Come and see. Follow me. I think it was, Follow me and I'll make you fisher of men. Learn from me. Abide in me. Obey me. Those were all the things that Jesus, through his life, taught these 12 men, now 11 men. That's what he, he taught them all that. They followed his life. They followed how he acted. They, followed, they seen it all, how he loved people that weren't like them. And they didn't understand it a lot of times. But now, after his resurrection, it's a little different. It's a little different. Now he's telling them to go do it. He's telling them 
And, and the, the awesome thing to me, because I think we worry a lot about discipling the people, Jesus has all authority over all of it, heaven and earth. I think we worry a lot about discipling the people or talking to people about Jesus. He is completely in control of all of it. He is completely in control. What is the, what is the number of times he says, fear not? Fear not. He is in control of it all. And he has power and authority over it all. Bless you. Bless you. So there's, there's a couple of commands here in what we just read. And it really jumped out to me as I've been studying through this. And as a child of God, these apply to us today just as much as they did to them then. The first, go. The word go. You know, as a Christian, when you accept Jesus into your heart, you're not supposed to just go home and sit there and do nothing. That's not doing anyone any good. Jesus calls us to go. Go is action. You don't, you know, I always mess with the kids growing up. You know, they'll be in the line getting ready to run. You'll say, ready, set, stop. Anybody else done that? Or is that just me being weird? That's fine. (laughs) He calls us to go. To go. It's action. Don't just sit at home. Go. Make disciples of all nations. You know, at this time, it was mainly just the Jews This opens it to everyone. Jesus came and died for everyone. He came and died for everyone, the whole world. I think sometimes we have this perspective of, I'll go talk to somebody, but they got to be like me. That's not how this is supposed to work. Go make disciples. The gospel is for everyone. The good news is for everyone. And it will absolutely change your life if you let it baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, by that authority of the Trinity. And that baptism, it signifies on the outside what happened to you on the inside. So that the world can see what you're proclaiming Jesus did on the inside. We actually need to have some baptisms coming up here soon. I'm looking forward to it. Teaching them all that I have commanded you. Living by example. Investing in others' lives. And again, that word that jumped out at me the whole time I was studying this. Being intentional in our efforts. Go, make disciples, baptize, teach. Equals discipleship. And it doesn't, the, the, the other thing that jumped out at me here is for people that have been on the road a long time. It doesn't ever say stop. It doesn't say stop. Do you ever see a command where Jesus told them to stop? It doesn't say that. It says go. And you know, thinking, thinking about that, it thinks about all, makes me think about all the, the last week or so. I've been thinking about all those people that invested in me. As I've told you so many times, when I was nine years old, at the end of the service, I I think we were shaking hands. I don't remember much about being nine, but I think we were shaking hands. And Sister Helen came up to me, put her arm around me, and said, Son, probably called me Bobby, because, yeah. 
Bobby, do you need to be saved? That's a scary thing. That is a scary thing. But I am so thankful that she was obedient. I am so thankful that she was obedient. My grandpa, I think I was probably four or five when he passed away. But I have no doubt he was praying for me the whole time. He was our pastor at the time. I have no doubt he was praying for every one of us grandkids. And now I'm doing the same for mine. And one of these days, if they can get saved, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Brother Clayton, Brother Warren, Brother Lawrence, Brother Mike, Brother Roger. And it wasn't just here at the church. They lived in front of me. They showed me how a Christian was supposed to act. How a a Christian was supposed to treat people. How they treated me as a kid. You guys don't know what that meant to me. You don't know what that meant. And now it's my turn to turn around and do the same for others. Are you thinking right now, who did that for you? Are you thinking right now, those people that were integrated into your life, that invested in your life? I am so thankful for those people that invested in mine. I'm not perfect by any means, but my mom and dad brought me to church every single Sunday, and I'm so thankful for that. Until I turned my back on the church. Until I went my own way and thought I was the stuff. Young people, you're not the stuff. God has full authority over all of it. You might think you're cool. You might think you're fitting in. I'm going to tell you, one of these days, you have a decision to make. Whether you want to be out there or you want to be following God. You got a decision to make. There was a time when I was about 20 years old, 21 years old. I had a decision to make. Was I going to follow God? I was driving from work on the way home one day. And I don't think we had been attending church. And for some reason, I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to a preacher. I have no idea why. I still don't know why. And Jesus spoke to me that day. I I truly believe that. That Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, son, remember, you're mine. I bought you with a price. I need to start bringing some tissues. And now, I just want to be obedient. I'm nothing special. I just want to be obedient. And part of that obedience... It's not just preaching and teaching. It's discipling. We as a church, we got to disciple. Brothers and sisters, we are so blessed by youth in this church. There was only a handful of them today because they're all still asleep. We have an opportunity to disciple our youth. You know, our lesson this morning, I was hoping a bunch of them would be here. I might do it next week. So from the age of 18 to 22... After the kids go to college, do you guys know 70 to 80% of kids never come back to the church? 
That is a sad number. 70 to 80 percent. And there was all kinds of reasons why, you know, going off to college or whatnot. I truly believe that we have to start investing in their lives. We have to start investing. We have to start being intentional and investing in their lives. I really believe that's what God's put on my heart this morning. We as a church have to start investing in people's lives. With all this COVID stuff, I know it makes it difficult. But we have to start investing. There's people that invested in my life. And now it's my turn to invest in some of theirs. We always talk about, as we get older, having those people to replace us. I think Brother Tony, he just, he got me and just left. Associate pastor, two weeks later, now you're pastor. That's how you do it, folks. But I really believe they're our future. If we don't invest right now, we may not have them. There's a lot of churches today, believe me, I talk to a lot of people. There's a lot of churches today that are old and dying because they have no youth. We have an opportunity with our youth. We've got to do something with it. We have to do something with it. We have to disciple. We have to disciple. You know, and, and I, I truly believe, we talked a little bit about this over there, I truly believe we've kind of dropped the ball as a church, not us, just the overall church. We are all so busy, we are all going 100 miles a minute, that we neglect our own spiritual growth. How on earth, if we neglect our own spiritual growth, are we ever going to be able to invest in anyone else? How's it ever going to work? You know, we did in Sunday school, it's been a couple years ago, we wrote on the board, I had a couple people come up, you know, their hours and then what they were doing, like, and there was no time for praying, there was no time for reading your Bible, there was no time for, you know, husband and wife time, there was no, no wonder we're so messed up. Our priorities are not right, they're not where they should be. And we're all guilty of it. All of us. You know, as I'm breathing through this and studying and praying, it's like God smacked me in the head like, you're just as guilty. He's right. He's right. Priorities. It comes down to priorities. Excuses is a lot of it. Excuses. A bright man told me once, if it was important to you, you would make time for it. How true that is. If it's important to you, you'll make time for it. That has stuck with me ever since. Stuck with me ever since. Like I said, it's all about relationships, and it's kind of a cycle. Discipleship's about relationships. The first off, the, the most important relationship is with Jesus Christ. That is the most important relationship. But then you also have to have two other really close relationships. One is someone investing time in your spiritual growth. And then the other way is you investing time in someone else's spiritual growth. Relationships. It's a cycle. A circle. You know what's, what's sad about it? We have the answer to life. 
Jesus Christ is the answer to life. There's so many people out there that are searching for something. That's why there's so many people on drugs and everything else. They're searching for something. They're trying to fill that void. The answer is Jesus. But we don't have time to tell them about it. Because our spiritual, we're we're neglecting ourselves. How can we ever go tell them about it? Am I wrong? Another thing, I've been talking to some different people, Brandon and a couple other folks. Discipleship is not just the pastor's job or the preacher's job or the deacon's job. Discipleship is the church's job. It's the whole church's job. You may not know this, but if you're a child of God, you are a spreader of the gospel. You are a preacher just as much as I am standing up here. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? We are his church. It's all of our jobs. It's all of our jobs. It's just not me or Tony or John. It's all of our jobs. And like I said, Jesus tells us to go. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. You know, and, and I think, you know, we've said this before. The most important thing here at Middle Urban and Missionary Baptist is that we see souls saved. Well, I'm going to say it today. It's just as important for us to be discipling each other and going out and discipling people outside the church. Because if, if we never go out and disciple outside the church, they're never going to come in and hear the gospel inside the church. And they're watching us. They're watching us. It was one of the kids next door. I can't remember the question. But they said, they're watching us. Our every move. They know if you're a Christian, they're watching every move and they're looking for you to mess up. And we're going to mess up. They're watching. I think Sister Kim said it so many years ago. I don't know if she remembers. We're the only Bible that some people will ever see. That has stuck with me. And it is so So true. We're the only Bible that some people will ever see. And the good thing is, you don't have to fear any of it. You don't have to fear talking to people. I'm not good with talking to people. You might go, you're a pastor. I'm not good talking to people. It's hard. Especially something like that. But brothers and sisters, it's life or death. How many people are dying each day? Brother John used to do this. Dying, dying. How many people are dying and going to a sinner's hell? It's important. We need to give God our very best and disciple others and disciple each other in the church. Everybody's so busy. I remember when I was a kid, just every weekend we would get together somewhere and hang out for lunch and play and do whatever. You can't even get somebody to go out to dinner with you anymore. I mean, outside of COVID. Like, everybody's just so busy. I really think, folks, we really need to look at our priorities. We need to look at our priorities. Go. Make disciples. Baptize. And teach. Are the terms that I want to leave with you today. As we come to a close this morning, I want to ask that you all stand.
we're not going to have a verse of a song, so you guys don't need to worry about it. I want to leave you with a couple of questions. First question is, are you saved? Come, bringing it down to a personal level, are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with him? Are you abiding with him? Second question is, is anyone investing in you? Third question is, are you investing in anyone else? Just think of those questions this week as we go. Pray on those questions. we got a lot to pray for. I want you to just think on those. If no one is investing in you, I want to ask that you come to me, Brother Tony, Brother John, any of the deacons. And we'll try to team you up with somebody because I think it is important. It is that important. And I want to ask this side to look that way and this side to look that way. Brothers and sisters, we got to come together and we got to start discipling each other. We got to start discipling each other and working together. There's so many things that we could do, so many people we could reach, but it starts in here. And then it starts with you individually. Again, if you're not making time for God, there's no way you're going to make time for anyone else. There's no way. This morning before we're dismissed, I, would, I just want to ask, is there anyone that's willing to share who invested in your life or any other testimony for that matter? Because I think everyone would love to hear it.